Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 470th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum beating the Brooklyn Nets in a thriller yesterday afternoon in the Garden up in Boston, and it was great to be able to watch them uh, up in Boston being down here in Florida, and it was just uh, reminding me, it was a big game, reminding me of uh, the old days of, you know, a big-time national broadcast Celtics game in the Garden early on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, from the Larry Bird era, from before and since. Uh, Jason Tatum, what can you say at this point? He's literally otherworldly. He had 54 points yesterday and was basically unstoppable and the Celtics are a team that's just on a roll Uh, they've won something that sounds like 14 to the last 16 Uh, they've just been playing fantastic they've uh, jumped up the standings to where they're like fifth or so uh, in the Eastern Conference and uh, not that long ago, as in just a couple weeks ago, they were uh, mired down in the lower echelon and potentially looking at a play-in game to get in the playoffs. Now that seems to be uh, behind them. They're going to get in the playoffs, it would appear, uh, without having to uh, worry about a, a play-in game, which can be so dangerous. One game, winner take all, the other team goes home. Um, so, yeah, and then Jason Brown, again, uh Jalen Brown, excuse me, again, is just a tremendous uh, compliment to Jason Tatum. They have two bona fide superstars there. And what I like most about the two of them is they both know how to hit big shots. Uh, Jalen Brown hit basically the, the dagger yesterday when he just had a beautiful fake from the corner. Uh, in three-point land, and he just up-faked. Guy, the defender went flying by him, and he just uh, relaxed and easily drained a three-pointer, which basically put the game away for the Celtics. And uh, you can rest assured, everybody in Boston was loving it. Uh, number one, Kevin or uh, Kevin Durant is back and playing, so. Uh, 
that instantly makes the Brooklyn Nets the Brooklyn Nets, uh, meaning a force because he is truly unstoppable. And uh, and Kyrie Irving was playing, and uh, he is now one of the most hated former Boston athletes ever, without a doubt. So I can't even begin to imagine the glee uh, with which that was uh, received in the Boston Garden yesterday. Uh, it somewhat came across on TV, but I've been in many games in the Garden, big ones. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a special place. And uh, let's just say they can uh, heckle opposing players like no other. Uh, but when you rise to the level that Kyrie has risen to, which is, again, one of the most hated Boston opponents in history, um, you know, in, in a short time. He was only there a short time, and it's only been a fairly short time since he left. But he has arrived there in that, uh, in that spot. And uh, so I can only imagine how enjoyable at the Garden it must have been to see... Uh, Jason Tatum lead, him to lead the team to victory over the Nets in the Garden with Kevin Durant. Of course, the whole Ben Simmons saga, you know, he's been with the team now a week or two. Who knows? Hasn't seen the floor, hasn't even put on a uniform yet uh, for the Nets. It sounds like they're saying it's still another week. So we haven't seen Ben Simmons in a uniform on a basketball court now for gee whiz. Coming up, coming up on a year or just shy of a year, which is just uh, kind of crazy to think about. So we'll see what the what's going to happen there. Uh, they need them, the Nets. They're better with Durant, a really good team, but they're not the team uh, that they might be or would have been with you know the big three of James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant playing a uh, team that was practically given the championship. Uh, when they were first formed and when they played together, they were spectacular, no question about it, but they only played really a handful of games together due to injuries and whatnot, uh, vaccine mandates, uh, with Kyrie, things like that. So, um, going to be fascinating to find out and you just have to, I can't help but think back of the trade Danny Ainge made a few years back where he traded from number two, I believe it was, to number one, thereby passing up on the presumed number one pick that year, which was everybody's number one pick, Markel Fultz. And he traded up to number one, could have chosen Markel Fultz, and instead got the man he was really after, which was Jason Tatum. So the Danny Ainge legacy lives on, and good for that. Um, and oh, by the way, speaking of the NBA... LeBron pouring in 56 on Saturday night in the national TV game against the Warriors was vintage LeBron. Uh, never gets old for me. I, you know, I've always had the highest respect for the guy and his game. And he showed up again when he really had to show up. The Lakers were on the verge of just not, of not making anything, let alone maybe even not even the playoff game, for gosh sakes. So my bizarre story of the week is the shocking Duke loss to North Carolina in Coach Mike Krzyzewski's final game at Cameron Indoor, uh, which created a really awkward and 
somewhat bizarre post-game ceremony where a few minutes after the loss, after Coach K has talked to his team in the locker room, his team come out, he come out, his family was there, and the entire stadium uh, hadn't moved an inch, and we're still in the house a few minutes after the game, of course, for the, to hear what Coach K had to say, and he called the loss that had occurred a few minutes earlier unacceptable. North Carolina really uh, put the hammer down at the end and won by whatever, 6-8, comfortable margin. It hardly needed a buzzer beater. And uh, so just uh, kind of crazy. It took the edge off. But Coach K, as always, was gracious and great. And he kind of served notice a little bit that, like, uh, the, t- the season's not over and we'll see what they do in the ACC tournament and then potentially the uh, NCAA March Madness. Um, I visited Cameron a while back when I happened to be in the Durham, North Carolina area. And got in, and there was actually a women's game being played, women's college basketball, Notre Dame against Duke women's basketball team. So I got to actually go inside, which was awesome. And it is a place like no other. I stayed long enough to uh, certainly come away with that opinion. And also I interviewed Coach K uh, for Armchair General Magazine a number of years ago. It was arranged through Bob Knight, who I had interviewed previously for the same magazine, Bob Knight, we all know, was Coach K's coach at West Point in the late 60s, his mentor, and uh, so he arranged it, and Coach K was just a terrific interview, one of the best interviews of my lifetime, and one of the articles I'm most proud of in my life as as a journalist, and at the end, Coach K paid me a very high compliment, and uh saying how impressed he was with how prepared I was for the interview. So I've always thought very highly. I've had the good uh, fortune to see Duke play a couple times in NCAA March Madness, uh, Eastern Conference region up in Providence, Rhode Island, just a few years ago, which was incredible on St. Patrick's Day. And uh, Duke Nation is something to behold. And I enjoy uh, teams and schools like uh, like Duke Nation, to say the least. Well, my lowlight of the week is, again, Major League Baseball and their uh, unending talks that seem to be going absolutely nowhere. And, you know, I'm down here in Florida, as I said. You know, I have four or five spring training sites within an easy drive from here. Uh, in previous years, you know, I, I, I probably would have finished this show, jumped in my car and driven to anywhere from Bradenton for the Pir- for the Pirates or right up the road, Clearwater for the Phillies, Tampa for the Yankees, and my favorite, which is Dunedin, which is a spectacularly beautiful city here on the Gulf Coast of Florida, uh, north of St. Pete, west of Tampa, uh, within a half an hour drive from each. And uh, we'll see the Blue Jays. They have a great stadium. It's right downtown, and what is a really cool town. And the fact that, you know, it's not happening because it's something I really enjoy and thousands of others enjoy and depend on, uh, whether it's hotels, vendors, restaurants, all of it. Uh, it's just not happening. It should be in full swing about now, first week of March. So it is such a disappointment. Um, 
we all saw it coming a long, long time ago. Uh, and here we are uh, with the, you know, sad and harsh reality that spring training is probably not going to occur this year. One thing that's kind of cool is a lot of big name players, Bryce Harper and the like, uh, Aaron Judge, are training at U- University of South Florida right here in Tampa, USF, with their baseball team and uh, just training on the college field. And, uh, you know, pretty cool interacting with the college players for USF, that type of thing. And uh, so that's one kind of cool thing, but it by no means replaces spring training, period. So now let's take our break. And next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen to the Desert Ranch Podcast to hear what connects us to the producers that are keeping us from being naked, hungry, and thirsty. Get a look into the lives of those who live differently from the comforts of a 9-to-5 lifestyle to care for land and livestock. The Desert Ranch Podcast with Vanessa Rohr on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us. 
and it's that time of year. It's March, March 7th to be exact, and uh, it's when college basketball is starting to rule and will soon rule uh, big time, and that means, of course, March Madness, but preceding that is, of course, conference championships uh, to get a guaranteed uh, berth in the NCAA March Madness pool of 64 teams and uh, or at least the play-in games up in Dayton. Uh, but I believe AP the and the women's uh, college game is uh, college basketball teams are already playing in their conference championships and perhaps even completed them. Uh, and I know you've been all over that as well as you all for as you are for all things basketball, especially in the South. Yeah, you know what, uh, John. Kentucky was the upset winner over the number one team in the country, South Carolina, 64 to 62. They were down by one point. Kentucky player made a three pointer with about four seconds remaining in the game. They held on for the victory. So I think Kentucky hadn't won that tournament, John, that I heard since 1982. Wow. That's amazing given their, uh, the men's blue blood status and, what I'm sure is a strong desire to build the women's program up as well. So this could be a breakthrough moment for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> Kyra Elsey, she was the interim coach last year when Matthew Mitch- Mitchell had to retire. <clears throat> and now she's the head coach. And that's, that's a pretty good way to start your career as the head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats. No doubt about it. And I saw the Kentucky player interviewed. Uh, I believe she was practically crying. She was so emotional in the post game and that's just a huge win south carolina is a signature women's program and don staley is a legend at this point what else can you say so that is major and ap i I think i saw some highlights from the lsu game where kim mulkey i hope i had that pronunciation right uh the coach of lsu formerly of baylor of course uh as in many national championships or in final four appearances uh, where she was just ballistic on the sidelines during the LSU game. If I, if I saw everything correctly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she got rather upset at a call and technical, rather. <laughs> uh, she got a technical foul. So yeah, LSU, they were uh, number two in the league. I mean, she had one of the biggest turnarounds all, of all time. I think it was a, a 12 or 12 game difference from the prior year. She, and this is her first year, John. And one thing about Kim Mulkey, you know, when she was at Louisiana Tech, an interesting story. Uh, she was there as an All American for a couple of years, won some titles, and then she was an assistant, I think, for 18 years. And Leon Bar- Barmore retired. And when she went to ask her school, and she'd been so loyal to for all those years, for a contract of five years. They said no just before she went to Baylor instead. And Baylor had never been in the tournament. She got him in the tournament the very first year, won a couple of titles there. Here she is at LSU with one of the biggest turnarounds of all time, men's or women's, in a single season. And Louisiana Tech, I mean, you don't hear about them anymore in women's basketball. That was one of the worst decisions of all time in the athletic administration. Absolutely, AP. <laughs> You know, hearing in those terms, I knew she had strong Louisiana ties. I believe she's a Louisiana native. And uh, 
I mean, she's a Hall of Fame coach and instantly recognizable to anybody with even uh, a minor interest in sports in general or women's college basketball. But she's in the, you know, uh, in a handful of the top coaches of the last, whatever, 20 years, easily. So, you know, and oh, oh, by the way, I can't help but note the irony. She, of course, was the coach of Brittany Griner, correct? Yes. Yep. And Brittany Griner of, uh, has some troubles over there in Russia at the moment, but I digress. Um, it's hard to right. think of one without the other. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's probably safe to say that Brittany Griner is probably the greatest player in Baylor history, uh, certainly the most renowned for sure. I think she was the first woman ever to dunk, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, At Baylor. At Baylor, exactly, exactly. First woman to dunk in college, in women's college basketball, in a game. Uh, I believe that's Brittany uh, Griner did that. Yeah, John. I think I'm not positive. I'd have to look that up. You know, I'm thinking. I'm not sure if it was Sylvia Crowley of North Carolina or Candace Parker or. I just that is a good question. Yes, and you know. Uh, and it's possible she did it in the WNBA, too. Um, Brittany Griner. She may have been the first to do it there. <clears throat> right. Uh, I'm not sure, but whatever. She, Brittany Griner was a tremendous college player for Baylor under Kim Mulkey. That we can absolutely uh, agree on and, you know, be correct about, not agree on. Um, but, AP, it looks like you met somebody right. interesting when you were uh, at the LSU game. Yeah, I went over to the LSU game to watch Alabama, uh, who was ranked 25th at the time in LSU. And I happened to uh, be introduced to Brian Kelly, the new head coach of LSU football, coming down from Notre Dame uh, after the season. So that was fun. And, and I had a, this chance to visit with him and talk about a few things. So it was worth the trip. And it's all an overtime basketball game that was nationally televised on CBS. That is great. Uh, what were your impressions? I saw the picture. It looked great. Yeah. Looked very friendly, and he had a big smile oh, on yeah. his face. Yeah, he did. Yeah, we, we were discussing a few things, and uh, he's very engaging. And I think that, you know, when you can get into the playoffs with Notre Dame, I know they have, they have an advantage over some schools where they can recruit in 50 states. But now they're going to get any athlete that they desire uh, – the speed on the perimeter that I think that was, that's what maybe held them back from winning the championship at Notre Dame. They had yeah. some players with some speed. We saw in the uh, NFL combine, the receiver ran a four 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 three for Notre Dame. So there's some speed there, but just not overall on the, on the roster. So, but I think he's going to challenge uh, Nick Saban and company in the SEC Western division. Wow. That's saying something, AP, just using the word challenge Nick Saban in, the, in one in a sentence is a bold statement, especially coming from you, who knows the program so well, Alabama, and has covered them for so long. And uh, so that that is a wow. And I'll say this, you know, we all are fully uh, cognizant of Brian Kelly's temper in the early years at Notre Dame. I give him a lot of credit because he seemed to bring it under control. I believe I had read back then that he was told by the good fathers at Notre Dame to bring it under control. But regardless, 
I was in the Ritz-Carlton in Naples lobby. Wasn't staying there, <laughs> but uh, passed through on Christmas Eve about six, seven, eight years ago. And lo and behold, who's standing right there in the fam- with his family, uh, wife, young kids, uh, but Brian Kelly. Uh, and he just seemed in a very happy and jovial mood. This was during uh, his shall we call it temper era and uh and he just seemed so friendly some people were coming up to him whatnot uh and he was so again just friendly and smiling and happy and it was christmas eve so, you know who isn't uh and you know i was just very impressed i never forgot it um and so i've always been a bit of a fan as a result of that brief encounter that I just observed and did not have the opportunity to meet him. Uh, just didn't want to be that guy on Christmas Eve when he was with his family. Just that simple. And, uh, right. But it, good for you. You got an introduction in an appropriate setting, uh, i.e. an LSU women's basketball game. So that's great. Uh, so you were positively impressed. Oh, oh yeah. No, I, I uh, had met him a time or two before, you know, just interviewed him, asked him some mm-hmm. questions. So, yeah, he's got a demanding personality for sure. Good. Good. Yes. That, uh, I'm glad. I kind of, you know, I remember him well at his days in Cincinnati. And like so many others, AP, he's a New England native like you are. Uh, yeah. And I have become a longtime resident of New England. And Brian Kelly is is one of us, shall we say. So, uh, yeah. Anybody with New England ties, root for people with New England ties to do well, especially in the world of sports. So uh, so good for him. And wow, that's like you, you instantly, AP, have me uh, keeping my eye on LSU football more than I already do, uh, saying that you think he could compete with uh, Coach Saban in Alabama in coming years. So uh, that'll be fascinating to watch, and I do not. Disagree in any way, shape, or form. I agree totally um, that he will get there. Just a matter of how soon, and it sounds like it might be pretty soon, like this year, <laughs> not next year. <laughs> yeah, and I There's think just, I was reading also. Yeah, I believe that that what happened also was the fact that uh, they had a new recruit come uh, come to LSU. The quarterback from Arizona State is going to transfer. Yes, yes. And let's face it, AP, it's LSU. Uh, you know, I, we, we can yeah. both say with 100% certainty that Brian Kelly is inheriting a talented team, period. Because <laughs> there is talent every oh, single yeah. year at LSU. And it's just a matter of levels. Is it the highest level, second highest level, whatever. But he's getting a t- he's coming into a talented team and a great program too, a history and you know so he has a lot of things going for him he, he didn't leave notre dame for without good reason and i'd say lsu is pretty good reason right oh yes yes for sure <laughs> to absolutely the, to say the least uh well ap i'm glad you had the chance to meet him i'm glad you had the uh chance to cover women's uh college basketball oh. southeastern Con- conference tournament that's really cool oh, oh, and, oh yeah it, it was actually the, the lsu men's shot lsu and alabama men's 
Oh, uh, excuse me. Sorry. Tough to keep it all straight this time of year. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, good. Yes. I'm glad you clarified that. Um, good, good. You got to see that. No doubt about it. Uh, oh, yeah. And yeah, the SEC AP, it's, I've been hearing a lot of chatter uh, since you and I have kind of been talking about it, too. Um, the SEC basketball as a conference is in, you know, as a conference, SEC basketball has risen dramatically in the last year, couple of years, dramatically. Yes, the, the teams have gotten better. The, the coaching's gotten better. They're having more players drafted in the NBA. They're winning more games in the NBA. All those things uh, happen with, with those the coaches and the personnel improving. Yeah, it's all come together this year where they're going to be sending, I'm assuming, their most ever to the tournament. I'm guessing. I don't know, but it feels it'll, like. It'll be, yeah, it'll be near that. It'll be near that, John. I think six for sure. I think six. I'm not sure wow. if they had more than six, but there's the possibility, but I think six. That's a big number. That's a wow. Yes. And, uh, well, AP, we're hard to believe we've quickly come to the end of our first segment. Uh, again, we have a lot more to get to, which we'll do on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join hosts Navanav every week for Good Morning Canada. Our home is Canada, but our message and reach is boldly global. Our focus is on the alternative perspective, the hidden dimension, and the expansive horizon. Ideas are designed to be challenged, perceptions shattered, and information balanced. We invite you to visualize the converse viewpoint. Dare to be acquiring, but always promise an hour of lively fun. Listen worldwide at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir 
at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we talked a lot of college basketball in the previous segment, specifically uh, the uh, the women, the fact that you had been at the LSU men's game, where you met Brian Kelly. Uh, but a lot of excitement here in Tampa, AP, because uh, the SEC men's basketball tournament will be held uh, at Amelie Arena, as in home of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Beautiful arena. I've been there a few times. And... Uh, and yes, so SEC comes to Florida. It's going to be really cool uh, to watch, no doubt about it. Um, the city, it's, it's really picking up ahead of steam now. Uh, it's Monday, it's here, it's upon us this week. And uh, I, I, I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. The whole city's pretty energized and sure to become a lot more energized in the coming days. Yeah, John, you know, looking at the SEC this year, it's kind of interesting. I don't know when this has happened, but I can tell you I don't think it's very often. But the top three teams, John, were undefeated uh, at, at home this season. Auburn was 16-0, and Kentucky was 18-0, and Tennessee 16-0 and at home. So that was some conference games and non-conference games. I think that's rather unique. And then at Arkansas was amazing. 17 and two at home. Yes, so exactly, and they're all just you know great teams this year, great programs in history. Uh, none more so than Kentucky, obviously. Um, but you know, they've all been. You know, I've tuned into you know a couple of Arkansas games, and they've been spectacular to watch, especially. You know, the court storming after they beat number one at the time, Auburn, just a couple weeks ago. And, of course, Tennessee is having a fabulous year. Auburn, of course. Arkansas, as you said. And, obviously, Kentucky's always in the mix. So, I'm going to go out on a limb here, AP, and say, you know, would you consider those four the top four teams coming in? Or are there others? We know there's the Gators playing in their home state. Maybe they'll be inspired. Uh Quite a history. Let's not forget the back-to-back national championships not all that long ago. Um, so, but do you consider the four you, you referenced earlier as the top four? Yes, yes. The Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Auburn, and Arkansas, yep. those four teams, I would say, were the favorites. Uh, okay. Tennessee, you know, they, they beat Kentucky by 13 points at home. And uh, you know, you know, Tennessee's has some really good, really good wins. So I, I look for the you know they beat Auburn recently um, by five points. They held them to sixty-two points. So I think Tennessee possibly could be a dark horse to win okay. that tournament. Interesting. Um, yes, and they've had a great season, so they, they could be a dark horse, especially given the competition. But in the same light, uh, 
they won't be sneaking up on anybody. I think we can obviously agree on that. No. Not no. at all. No. Um, well, that's good. Again, I'm looking forward. Hopefully, I'll get up that way to Emily, uh, Amir, whatever, under half an hour from here. And, uh, you know, for me, it's as much about just soaking up the atmosphere, uh, great college basketball fans, and I'm sure terrific, uh, passionate SEC basketball fans. I got to see Kentucky. You may have even been there. I know you have many times, but I saw them, and I know you went to, I believe, one or two of these. Uh, the Thanksgiving tournament at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, and I went down one year for the very simple reason that Kentucky was one of the teams playing, and it was it's always right. a great tournament. And, you know, I got to see, you know, Blue Nation, uh, in a, you know, in Connecticut. And I was right, really, really impressed. Oh, yes. The defense and rebounding and, and Kentucky fans, they all travel. They travel very well. I mean, you know, um, I, I've seen a lot of good travel teams from the Steelers to, uh, you know, to Penn State, speaking of my Pennsylvania roots. But, you know, uh, that was, again, they're just, no pun intended, a blue blood program. And... What I witnessed in Connecticut, as far as their fans, very enjoyable to be around, um, I found. And, you know, it was Thanksgiving weekend, so it was kind of cool. And a uh, cool time of year to, you know, everybody was in a festive mood, shall we say. And, uh, yeah. And, yeah, and of course, I, I'm a big fan of John Calipari because speaking of those Pennsylvania roots, uh, he's from Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh area. Yeah. He coached at Clarion yeah. State, a school that I know very well. Um, back in the day, it was called Clarion State Teachers College. It may have been that called called that when he he played for them, I believe. Not sure if he coached them, but he certainly played for them. And then he uh, he of course was the coach of UMass. I'm a longtime resident of Massachusetts. Took him to the Final Four. And I loved his post-game interview during that Mohegan Sun tournament, uh, you know, in Connecticut, where, you know, I had my media credential and was able to see him up close and personal. And he's he's fabulous with the press, to say the least. And he doesn't hold back. And I really enjoyed it. So I've always been a bit of a closet Kentucky fan, shall you say, shall we say, for that reason. Because of Calipari. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a fun personality. Yeah, he's yeah he is. If you're in the media, you have to like know. guys like him around, right? That's the way we look at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, all looking for interesting. are a little bit guarded, but, but he, yeah. he, he'll, he'll give you some things to go back and forth. And, you know, that's always fun. It's, he's, he's, most of the time, he, I mean, he'll... If he's not happy with something, he'll tell you. Yep. And uh, he'll celebrate his team or he'll uh, come down on his team for not a certain effort or they're not smart enough or they're not playing hard enough or they're not, they don't have the skills they, they require to win their championship. I mean, he'll tell you. Exactly. And he did that day. I, you know, he did. And, you know, we in the media, sports media especially, I believe, we're in the business of interesting. And, and you don't have to be good, but 
and interesting and good is even better. And Calipari is both of those. Uh, So, yeah. And AP, I have to ask you, I watched the North Carolina Duke game, Coach K's last game, and uh, on Saturday evening, uh, didn't miss a moment. It was really cool with, I think, 80-plus former players there. But it was, you know, a little awkward at the end. They lost you know, by a somewhat wide margin to North Carolina in Cameron Indoor. I've had the pleasure of being there. I've had the pleasure of interviewing Coach K for an article I did. And, you know, he came out after the game. The game ends, spends a few minutes with his team, comes back out. The team comes back out. Crowd is, place is packed to hear his post-game comments on his last game ever. And, you know, he basically said, what he kind of apologized for what the, crowd had just witnessed and basically said it was totally unacceptable. So that was like yeah, a little bit awkward. Not what we were expecting to happen. That's for darn sure. Um, so I don't know if you caught any of that, but it was like, uh, it was a bit of a wow, but he was gracious as always. He's coach gay for gosh shakes. And, uh, you know, the former players, it was just a who's who of college basketball history of the past 40 years. Of course, Coach K is retiring after 42 years. Uh, that's an amazing figure to, to, you know, to let that one sink in, to say the least. And then to see so many of his former players there that, you know, the memories just came rushing back, you know. Carlos Boozer, you know, just uh, on and on and on. Christian Leitner was there. Uh, of course, J.J. Redick. Um, and it just spans so much recent history of college basketball in general and uh, Duke and Coach K in particular. So it was really fun. Um, so what do you think, AP? Any thoughts on the Coach K final game at Cameron? Yeah, no, it was it was just surprising that they didn't win the game. Shocking. And they I didn't. was kind of stunned because North yeah. Carolina, I mean, they're not an overwhelming team at this point with Hubert Davis, but yeah, I was just so surprised. Shocking. And, and I think Carolina, Carolina was losing that game, maybe by double digits, possibly. Duke played a fabulous first half and not a good second half in North Carolina played this, an incredible second half where they were just getting stronger and stronger and stronger with each passing minute. You know, by the end, they were just dunking with glee, you know, they, which, you know, give them credit. I mean, there's nothing they wanted more than to, you know, be the spoilers when you consider the history of that rivalry. You can't blame them for loving the fact that they were able to go in there and win, period. I, I think it, yeah. it, it defines the rivalry so well. Oh yeah, and then John. I guess there was a an incident or a few incidents with the uh, the line, the congratulatory line at the end of the ball game. Oh, the, the Duke assistants took umbrage that I think before the game they said Hubert Davis didn't shake their hand, and so when he when he went to shake their hand, they were look they looked away. I guess. Oh wow! You can I didn't watch know that. that. Yeah. So 
I'm thinking, gee whiz, has it it's come down to now the the the, uh, the line at the end of the game to shake hands? Everybody's had some hard feelings, and you can't just set aside for a second, just shake the person's hand, move yeah, on. Yeah, kind of been it's, it's, it's disappointing. That's interesting, AP, because I took note during the game that the a the Tar Heels coaches, Hubert Davis, coach. And assistants seemed especially fired up. I just sort of figured, well, it's Duke, Duke North Carolina. <laughs> of course they're going to be fired right. up. But right. it seemed a little extra special. Yeah, of course. I noticed it. It caught my eye. Oh, yes. And yes. now you're finally uh, you're explaining it. So thank you for that. I, I was wondering about that. That was intriguing. Wow. Yeah, so, but, yeah, but anyhow... Um, he had his his moment uh, with all his former players there. And, he did. Uh, it was great. You know, so, yeah. So you know that's you know great for him. He's done a lot for college basketball. And had a good program there, and I, I guess he he taught some people that you don't have to have this unbelievable facility. Correct. To have a winning program. I mean, an elite mm-hmm. program. I mean, there's nothing significant about. The building, I believe. Just the history, certainly not the building. Um, right. See, as he went into detail, it's a home, not a house. So it's not about the house. Um, it seats nine thousand. No. I got to go there recently, a couple of years ago. Loved it. Walking in, it was like a shrine, a cathedral. Um, so yeah, right. You are AP, and we're at the end of our third segment. So why don't we take a uh, A quick break here, and we'll do our final segment on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is college basketball conference championships going on all week. And of course, we were talking college basketball at the end of the previous segment, AP, and the North Carolina Duke game, Coach K's last game at Cameron Endor. And yeah, the uh, you, you touched on the fact that uh, apparently there was a little bit of uh, hard feelings with the uh, coaches between the two bitter rivals, North Carolina and Duke. And Maybe the handshake line, and given what happened recently with Juwan Howard in Michigan versus Wisconsin and the basically the fight <laughs> post-game, no other way to say it. Uh, and since then, the handshake line has been in question by some. And now we have this from North Carolina Duke where there, there was no fight, to our knowledge, or <laughs> just sort of, uh, you know, not shaking hands, that type of thing, correct? Yes, yeah. So, I mean, they, I mean, in other words, they, they shook hands. I mean, some of them, I believe this is why I saw it. I just watched it once very quickly. But it, they shook hands, but they looked the way from the coach. They just walked by with their heads facing the other way or looking straight ahead, not even eye, making eye contact with the head coach of North Carolina here, but they... Interesting. Well, I'll say this. I said I took note of the how enthusiastic... Uh, the North Carolina assistant coaches seem to be, and I just sort of sloughed it off to the incredible rivalry that that is. Uh, maybe one of the best, certainly one of the best in sports. Some would say the best. And uh, But Coach K wasn't doing it because I also took note of the fact that he shook hands for more than a moment and looked in the eyes of every single North Carolina player following the game, which... I thought was terrific, and I'm guessing the coaches too. Uh, so, the handshake line suddenly, uh, you know, <laughs> another topic to be uh, for talk show fodder, shall we say? Uh, but no, that that's interesting because you know the the feelings of those two teams. Again, many people think AP it's the best rivalry in all of sports. Period. Uh, I'll say one thing for. As long as I can remember, maybe 42 years since Coach K arrived on the scene, uh, 
you can tune in with confidence to a North Carolina Duke game and know you're going to see a great game and typically something special. Yeah, you yes, do. There's no question and, and about it. Yeah. No question about it. No, they they compete very hard, and there's some close games. There's some blowouts. There's you know there's there's a lot of things happening. Oh yeah, I can think right off the top of my head. Tyler Hansbro with the bloody face. I always think of Austin Rivers going into North Carolina. Of course, Doc Rivers' son when he played for Duke and as a you know draining a three pointer at the buzzer. Given Duke the victory, it just goes, you know, on and on and on. Just so many fabulous last-second victories, so intense. So really fun, fun stuff. But, yeah, Coach K, um, you know, it was, again, you said it perfectly, just shocking to see him lose that game. I don't think it crossed anybody's mind other than North Carolina players and coaches that they would maybe some rabid fans that Duke wasn't winning that game period. And they've had a much better season than North Carolina. It was really a, just a, a true shocker and just created yes, yeah, it was, a little, a slightly awkward. Yeah, it was, John. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, John. It was, I'm, I'm thinking at the end of the day, I'm going to see that Duke just probably manhandled them, actually. Manhandled them, right. You'd, and they looked That's so good in the first half, Duke. Um, but North Carolina hung in there. I think they hit a three with a couple seconds left in the first half, and I just thought, uh-oh. Not uh-oh, like the Duke's going to lose, just like, no, what I thought, it wasn't uh-oh. It was more of a, oh, good, now we're going to have probably a better game than it was looking like it was going to be. That's what I thought. Right, uh, right. They hit a huge three. But a- AP, we're already arrived at the end of the show. I just want to thank you, as always, for calling in. Great stuff. Great perspective, and we appreciate you uh, you being part of the show, as always. Thank you, John. It was my pleasure, as always. Wonderful, AP, and thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.